Welcome, everybody, to another Vince August podcast. Saturday, June 18th, 2016. This week, we are following um, a tragic story. Uh, My last podcast spoke to the responsibilities we have to one another um, in this country to try to help one another and not harm one another and see what we can do to make a difference so that these types of atrocities that occur, such as the one in Orlando at the nightclub, uh, do not occur again. I don't call it a tragedy. A tragedy is what happened to that two-year-old in Orlando uh, at Disney being attacked by an alligator. That's a tragedy. Uh, A kid is walking along water, maybe, you know, in an area he shouldn't be in, and an alligator attacks him. That's a tragedy. And I'm going to get into that tragedy and how, once again, a story is being spun into something else and being turned into a race thing. And, and again, this country just – people in this country just can't help themselves, just can't help themselves and just have to turn everything into their own agenda and own issues rather than deal with the facts of the situation. This week, I think our media – and I think the people that I've seen on social media were as bad as I've ever seen in this country. And I am really starting to lose hope um, for the people in this country in, in the form of gauging in civilized conversation and exchange of ideas. And, you know, people putting up posts and, you know, and, and the second you respond to a post, it turns into a political argument or people then saying, well, you know what, this is my opinion. I'm not looking for a debate. You know, well, first of all, it's called a social media page. And the the part of social is an exchange of ideas. So if you don't want to be social, then what you do is you basically block your page from anyone posting any type of comments and you just put out your own thoughts and ideas. By the way, that's very mature. That That's an extremely mature approach in how to have um open discussion and making progress in the country. Basically, state your opinion and say, I don't want to hear anyone else's opinion. That's a very mature way to handle life. And for those of you out there doing that, you're an embarrassment. You're an embarrassment. You're you're immature. And you are part of the problem in this nation. You are part of the problem with the partisanship in this nation and why nothing gets accomplished. Because the fact that people can actually say, here's my opinion. I don't give a crap what yours is. Don't try to convince me otherwise. Don't try to educate me of otherwise. This is what I believe. And nothing you say is going to ever change my mind is the problem in this country. That's the problem. And if that's what you put up on social media this week, you are part of the problem. Because this country... And any civilized nation is about the exchange of ideas, gathering information, and trying to see different perspectives. Then, after you have had those exchange of ideas, if you still believe what you believe, fine. And if you believe it based on facts that outweigh the other side's facts, great. But if it's just, this is my opinion, this is what I think, and I don't care to hear facts, then you know what? You are part of the ignorance in this country creating the downward spiral. Let me make that clear. With regards to this shooter and with regards to this incident, here are the facts and look up the facts. Don't read headlines. Look up the facts. This is a person who went out, bought ammunition 
and weapons after being on the FBI watch list twice. He was taken off the watch list. Part of the reason he's taken off the watch list is because in this country, there are civil rights laws that say just because you are of a certain background and there are certain suspicions that link you to potential terrorism after we have done our investigation simply because you fit the profile in the background because of your heritage we can no longer keep you on a watch list okay that is the laws and what happens now is you have groups of people and you want to call them liberals you want to call them democrats you want to call them whatever you want to call them i don't care but you have groups of people that say Well, you can't racially stereotype people just because of their background and heritage. Well, that's what the FBI concluded. Well, fine. Here are the laws that you want. If you're saying, you know what, you can't just point at people and say, because this is their religious background, this is their ideology, and this is is what their heritage is. You know, once you do an investigation, you have to leave them alone if you don't find everything. Well, that's what happened. The FBI then left him alone. Left him alone. And then he was able to go and buy guns legally again because certain civil liberties have to be protected because that's what the left wants. That's what the liberals want. And then what happens is when something goes wrong, what do we do? We blame the most convenient target to our ideologies and beliefs. The left start blaming the gun laws. The right start blaming the liberals for saying, well, this is what you want. You don't want to have background checks on people on suspicion. You want to limit it to legal checks. And once they clear, that's it. They're done. And everyone starts pointing a finger. And the Republicans say it's Islam. And then the, the, the left and the Democrats say it's gun control. And then the left says, you know what? You're a racist. And then the right says, well, you know what? No, we need to be racist because we need to. And it just spirals out of control. It spirals out of control. The bottom line is this. In this country, the FBI, in this circumstance, in my opinion, failed. It failed. This one's on the FBI. This blood is on the hands of the FBI. And I want you to listen to the interview of the gun shop owner. Again, because on this podcast, when I'm giving you my opinion, I will tell you this is my opinion. But I want to deal with facts on this podcast. And yes, I'm a professional comedian. I am also a a former judge who had to resign. And I'm an attorney. And I deal with facts. When I go to court, I have to deal with facts, not opinions. So you know what? I'm going to give you the words out of the owner of the gun shop's mouth. This is what he had to say. These are the facts. Listen. They did an outstanding job and have been following some of it on the news. I wish them all the best. would have gotten these guns legally somewhere else in the area. This is a big problem for me. 
And you know what? I think it's important that we play this one more time so we make it clear as to what he said. Personally worked down at the Twin Towers. I retired in March of 02. And I was also first responder to Flight 587, which went down in Rockaway Park. I have an idea what they're facing in this investigation, and it's horrific. So my, my feelings go out to the law enforcement people as well. I would like to avoid any political issues and stick to the facts regarding this case. An evil person came in here and illegally purchased two firearms from us. And if he hadn't purchased them from us, I'm sure he would have gotten them from another local gun store in the area. Okay, so we have legally purchased firearms, and I'm sure if he didn't get them from us, he would have got them legally somewhere else. Well, here's the problem with his statement. In another interview, a gun owner in South Florida had the same interaction with this deranged person. And here's what happened in that situation. Listen again. Facts. Gun store owner Robert Abel says in the weeks before the Orlando shooting, Omar Mateen tried to buy body armor at his gun shop. Mateen was told the store didn't sell body armor. At this time, he pulled away and got onto the cell phone. When he was on the cell phone, he had a conversation in a foreign language that was more concerned. Then he came back and he was requesting ammo. Abel said... So, another gun shop owner sees this guy come in, try to buy body armor. That concerned him. He refused to do it. The guy walked away, started talking on the phone in a foreign language... Which concerned the gun owner, gun shop owner again. Let's go back to the interview. As his employees were so concerned, they called the FBI. Authorities say the gun store was not able to provide them with a name. So here we go. Next level. The gun shop owner now calls the FBI and basically spells out to the FBI, I have a concern. We have an issue. I am unable to identify who this individual is. Here's the FBI's next step. When you have a gun shop owner that, that calls up the FBI and says, listen, someone came in here trying to buy body armor and trying to buy ammunition. We turned them down. We've got red flags. At that point, the FBI should contact every gun store owner in that area and say, listen, we have a high priority alert going out. There's a guy who tried to buy body armor and ammo from a gun shop near you. This is a concern. Somebody comes in fitting this description, looking to do that. You know what? Contact us. Does the FBI do that? No. Now, let's go back to Ed Henson, the gun shop owner who actually sold the weapons to this individual. This man held multiple security licenses. He had an armed and an unarmed license. He passed the background check that every single person that purchases a firearm in the state of Florida undergoes. Let me say that again. A full background check was performed by Florida Department of Law Enforcement with their coordination their agreement with the FBI, however they conduct their backgrounds. There is no such thing as an abbreviated background check, even though that's what's been wrongly reported on another note i will tell you this for those who don't know if a law enforcement officer walks into this gun store 
in full uniform with a firearm on their side. That officer cannot make a purchase on a firearm, if you can believe that. If that officer has a concealed carry permit, in addition to his credentials, he can make a purchase. There is a full background check done on that officer at that time. Hard to believe, but that's the truth. If the officer has no concealed carry permit, that officer has a three-day wait, and that doesn't include the day he purchased the gun or any holidays and weekends. I have no information regarding where this evil person took his security classes, so I can't really discuss that with you. All right, so what Ed Henson is spelling out here is the process and procedure, and part of the process and procedure is people clear background checks. That's up to law enforcement, and that there's certain criteria. And he just said, if a cop comes in wearing a sidearm, he's not able to buy a gun under certain circumstances. But at the same time, Ed Henson, you're so worried about the paperwork that's being done, much like the other gun gun shop owner. When a guy comes in, you have to have your own suspicions. You are a gun shop owner. You are selling deadly weapons. You cannot limit yourself. You cannot limit what you do necessarily based on, well, these are the laws, these are the rules, these are the procedures. Because that's much like a bartender standing at a bar saying, well, listen, the person showed me proper ID. They're 21 years old. They're able to drink. So you know what? I just kept pouring drinks all night. The person did 150 shots. How was I supposed to know the person would pass out and and fall into a coma or go into some type of alcohol shock? So you know what I'm saying? There's got to be something more. There's got to be that common sense element. And unfortunately, as a gun shop owner, you have to, because we know the FBI fails, you have to show an extra level of care like the other gun shop owner did. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, hindsight is 2020. And it's easy for me to say this. And you can all sit there and say, well, Vince, it's easy for you to say that because it just so happened that other situation happened and there's another gun shop owner that turned them down. But that's the bottom line. The bottom line is somebody else in the same situation as Ed Henson had a suspicion. Something else triggered in someone else's mind. So what does that mean? What it means to me is much like I have to go for continuing legal education. Listen, teachers have to do it. Realtors have to do it. Everybody's got to go for a certain level of continuing legal education. Or I'm sorry, continuing education classes. Why aren't gun shop owners being brought into classes, being brought into police classes, FBI classes, something to say, listen, guys, we're in a different climate today. We're in a different society today. You have to take it a notch higher. You have to do something more. Somebody else did it in this situation. Now, the FBI failed. There's the first level. Local law enforcement fails. There's the second level. The gun shop owner, one of them caught on, another one didn't. Let's let this guy, Ed Henson, continue. I can tell you and recommend you contact the Florida Department of Agriculture Division of Licensing. They're responsible for any security licenses being issued, as well as the concealed carry permit in the state of Florida. There have been a couple questions directed to me regarding whether this evil person bought body armor here. Number one, he's familiar to me, vaguely. I don't know him personally. 
He's been here. Obviously, he purchased two guns legally. I have no recollection of anybody asking for body armor, number one. Number two, we've never sold body armor. And we don't currently sell any body armor. Any other questions, I don't know what I can tell you. I just hope that you do some truthful reporting and get to the facts and stay focused at least to the incident and say your prayers for these victims. It was horrific. And we all feel that same pain. Okay, so now we get into the media misreporting whether or not this guy bought body armor from this guy or not. Now, what I want to get into and what Ed Hansen just said was he was vaguely familiar with this individual. Was vaguely familiar. He had seen him before. This wasn't somebody that just came in off the street and started buying guns like crazy. So in that sense, you know, Henson's got to do you know, a, a little bit more there than to say vaguely familiar. You got to tell me the relationship and how often you've seen this guy and whether or not there were any red flags or you're just a gun shop owner. And once someone clears everything, you just start selling weapons. There's got to be something more. You have to have a more of a responsibility. And then listen, the guy passed all the laws. I have to give him a gun. Now, the other argument to that is, well, Vin, if the guy's passing all the criteria and passing all the law, why shouldn't he buy a gun? Well, this is where we get into gun reform. This is where we get into gun licensing. This is where we get into gun shop owners and their responsibility maybe to do something more. That's a separate question. But I want to play the rest of this interview because I think it's very important what this guy says and how he deals with certain questions. They didn't buy, okay, I don't really want to answer questions, but he did not buy the handgun and the long gun at the same time. They're approximately a week apart. And a long gun is a background check, another note, in Florida. It's a quick background check with the credential, your driver's identification, your Florida resident. And as long as you clear that background check, you can leave with that long gun. A handgun, as I said earlier, is a three-day wait. Palm Beach County is a five-day wait. It's called a cooling-off period. Fair enough. I don't know what else. I don't know anything else on this case. All right, so the guy comes in, and he's buying multiple guns at the same time. That is one of the issues I have with regards to gun reform. Maybe this is one of the issues we can tackle as to gun reform. People going in and just arming up. People going in and just buying cachet of stuff. Maybe we should have a restriction on how many weapons a person can buy in a certain time period. I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. And I'm a gun owner. I have three handguns. I don't have a problem with the government saying, listen, you can't buy more than one gun every six months. You can't buy more than one gun every 12 months. I don't have a problem with that. This gun owner, in my opinion, gun shop owner, in my opinion, when a guy comes in and says, I need a rifle and a handgun. Well, If you're buying a rifle or a long gun, again, maybe you're hunting. You're going hunting, something like that. Okay. Maybe it's for home defense. I don't know. Something like that. I don't think so. Handgun. I'm buying it for home defense. Why are you buying two at the same time? See, again, that should have been a red flag in my mind. A guy starts coming in, and this guy's arming up. You can see something here. The other gun shop owner picked up on it. 
Again, sometimes it's common sense. And this guy, Ed Henson, is trying to defend himself and his actions by saying, this is the law and the law says this and you got to buy as long as I'm abiding by the law. There's got to be a certain level of common sense. Let's go back to Ed Henson. Unfortunately, he's evil. We happen to be the gun store he picked. Um, and there's nothing else I can say. We're all as horrible. Again, the guy's evil. What do you want from me? This is an evil guy. No, that's I'm sorry. You can't just pass that off like that. You can't just pass off and listen, we sold guns to an evil guy. What are you supposed to do? When a guy comes in looking to buy multiple weapons like that, that's got to raise a red flag for you. I mean, come on. Wait, what is this? The Terminator walking into a gun shop, picking out all the guns on the shelf and saying, yeah, I'm looking for the Uzi. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. Come on, man. You know, this this is where the gun lobby and, and the gun owners and, and everyone else loses me. It's a gun shop owner like this that you somebody else saw the signs here. You, so this guy can't say, you know what, listen, I did what I was supposed to do. What am I supposed to do? This is what I'm supposed to do. This is the law. Somebody else saw this. You missed this. I'm sorry. And first level, FBI. This is, See, there's multiple levers, and I've been saying this all week. There's many layers to this onion where this system failed. The system failed. Let's go back to him. He's been to the shop, and I don't want to get into too many no, questions no, 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 in the base. But he's been here. A customer, if a customer saw him and came in here, God bless him. I, I've seen him. I can't tell you I know him. I'd be lying to you. He's a customer. He made a purchase, and it's horrible. I'm just sorry he picked my place. I wish he picked no place. That's the side. I don't want to get into it. You know when he bought the guns here? We all got, huh? You know when he bought the guns here, roughly? Like I was, uh, I believe it was a week or 10 days, something in that time span before this happened. Do you remember if he had a cooling off period or not? Did he have a concealed weapons license? No, we did not. No, we did not. Okay, so he had to wait the cooling He had, that's why you have to wait. And sometimes you do have a concealed carry permit. Even though you have it, there still has to be a background check done, regardless. And they can also deny you or give you a conditional hold and say, oh, well, there's an issue there. So, and that has nothing to do with us. We follow the rules. We don't make the rules. I hate that line. I can't stand that line. That was the line I was waiting to get to. I don't make the rules. I follow the rules. That is the line I've been dying to get to in this interview. You have to do something more. You have a responsibility as an owner of a gun store selling deadly weapons to do more than say, I followed the rules. A guy came in, bought a rifle, put in for a handgun. I pushed it off to the FBI and said, I followed the rules. Did you tell the FBI, listen, this guy came in for a handgun permit. Did you tell the local authorities this guy came in for a handgun permit? There's a five-day cooling-off period. I also should let you know you just bought a rifle as well. So I don't know if this guy's arming up for something. I don't know if he's not. You, you, there's there's got to be something more than I did the minimum I was required to do. I'm required to do this, and that's what I did. I hate that, and this is where we are. This is where we are in our society. You know what? I'm going to compare it to a different story in a minute, but I want to finish this interview with this guy who, again, is really trying to wipe the blood off on the FBI and the local authorities. And, I, and I'm sorry for frustrating. I don't have any more answers for you. Did he No, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. We do a very big business here. Um, like I said, we're a security training facility. We do civilian stuff and all. 
And that's all I can tell you. Have you tell I don't know what the exact date was. I don't know, but it was there was well over the three-day period or whatever. All right, we're going to break away from the... And there you go. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? It was 10 days ago. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. You know what? We followed our rules. I, I'm, I feel bad. I feel... No. You got to have more responsibility than that. We have a big business here. We run a big business. That's another thing. I'm looking at my notes. That's a, You have a big business there. Okay. So you're doing big money in this business. Can you take a little extra care? You're just, you're selling, you're worried about what? The double sale? You should take a little extra care. You're making money. You're doing well. You're selling weapons. You have a firing range. You have all this crap going on in your facility. Take a little extra care. With regards to the people going crazy with the gun lobby and changing the gun laws, let me put this out there right now. First of all, the Second Amendment people that are defending everything with regards to gun laws and this was not a gun incident or anything like that. Listen, we do have certain restrictions, certain changes that need to be made. And the reason they need to be made is because of gun shop owners like this. Listen, I did the bare minimum. What do you want me to do? Can we all agree, gun owners, that you know what? Maybe because we have gun shop owners, We have two in this situation, one who's a little bit more suspicious and one who isn't because the FBI, I don't know, maybe the FBI is overwhelmed right now. Maybe they're overwhelmed. Maybe they're burdened by, you know what? I can't do certain things because I got the ACLU. I get civil liberties people. I got people telling me I can't racially profile. I can't do Maybe they're overworked. Maybe they're overburdened. Maybe there's so much terrorist chatter going on in the nation that we are undermanned in the FBI and they can't stay on top of all of this. I will give you that. That's a possibility as well. Listen, I don't want to just completely dump this on the FBI, but that's the first level that failed here. Okay. Because of that, gun owners, can we agree that we need maybe something a little bit more stringent than a three-day wait period, than a five-day wait period? Can it be a 30-day wait period to really give people some time? I don't have a problem with that. And again, I am a gun owner. I don't have a problem with wait periods being longer than three to five days. I don't, listen, how long did you wait to buy the gun? Three to five days isn't going to kill you. You know what? Neither will another two weeks, three weeks. 30-day wait period will not kill you. If you. Do you really need a gun that bad? Are you in really urgent need of getting a gun? That 30-day wait period will kill you so that literally every potential check could be done. I don't have a problem with a longer wait period. I really don't. I don't. I don't think it's really going to affect a lot of legal gun owners. With regards to what's an assault weapon and what's not an assault weapon. Luckily, I have people that are, are in the military that help educate me on this type of thing. I have a, a buddy of mine who served this country and he's, he lives in, in Michigan. And I always defer to him when it comes to this stuff because he trains people in weapons. And I reached out to Ryan and I, you know, I always ask Ryan, Ryan, you know, wh- what's going on here? And all over his Facebook page and the difference between... The definition of assault weapon and not assault weapon has nothing to do with the way the gun operates. It has to do with the way the gun looks. 
And what we've seen this week is some just crazy stories. One news reporter said he went to a gun range and shot an AR-15, and the recoil and the noise that the gun had gave him post-traumatic stress. I mean, see, that's the type of crap. That's the type of ridiculous, moronic, factless statement. No basis in any type of fact. No basis in any type of actual reporting of really what we can call accuracy that really aggravates me and aggravates the gun owners because you know what? It's baseless. It's not true. Anyone who shot an an AR-15 knows the gun has almost no recoil. The sound that an AR-15 makes is really probably no louder than the sound my 357 makes when I shoot it. I've been to gun ranges where people have an AR-15. And I've shot my 357, and I got to tell you, I think my 357 is louder. So, you know, it's it's irresponsible reporting like that that really makes that argument sound so stupid that this is what happens. Then we have the outrageous, stupid comments. And then we have what people are trying to say that they know nothing about. They start saying assault weapon ban. And you know what all you're doing is all you're banning is a folding stock and a type of grip on the, the weapon itself. That's it. That's the only change. You're getting rid of the shoulder stock and the type of grip on the gun. Basically, it's we want the gun to look less scary. That's all that is. So you have to really educate yourself on what an assault rifle is. Then there's people that assault rifles have no basis in society other than to kill a lot of people. Okay, listen. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it's not true. I don't own an assault rifle. And people say, well, why have you ever bought one? I don't think it's practical for my uses. But then again, I live in New Jersey. Home defense for me, handgun, shotgun serves the purpose. I don't live out in Pennsylvania in the woods. I don't live out in Michigan. I don't live out in parts of the country that a lot of us here don't understand because we were raised with a different culture, a different background, and we don't know what goes on in terms of hunting. You can't immediately assume that you know every part of this country and the way different people are raised in different parts of our society, people that hunt. And listen, I am anti-hunter. You, If you've been to my comedy acts, you know I'm anti-hunter. If you've seen me perform on stage, you know I'm anti-hunter. But at the same time, I'm not looking to curtail people's Second Amendment rights because somebody who pledged allegiance to ISIS, who carried out what is clearly a terrorist act against the gay community because of that ideology, to say we're not going to change our Second Amendment because of his actions then basically what you're saying is because there's terror in this country, we have to change our laws to conform to the terrorism around the world. Is that American? Is that what we are? Because then terrorists are winning. If we have to change our laws because of these terrorists and the terror they're bringing upon us, what what happened to, you know what? We have to live our lives. We have to go on. Like, you know, we can't show that we live in fear. We can't change our laws out of fear. This is the hypocritical argument going on. Now, here's the other part of the argument against the people that want to start banning all kinds of weapons. I don't trust my government, which we saw already failed in this circumstance with the FBI, with the background check. 
We're taking them off the watches. We know the government has failed there. I don't trust my government in keeping weapons such as assault rifles out of this country by banning them, making them illegal, any more than I trust them keeping illegal drugs out of this country. Cocaine's not legal in this country. All these illegal drugs in this country. In fact, twice as many people die from drug overdose from illegal drugs that shouldn't be in this country than actually die at the hands of a weapon. And when you look at the deaths involved in weapons and shootings, look at the statistics. How many of those deaths are actually by murder, manslaughter? How many are suicide? How many are justified? Self-defense? Or different types of deaths. The drug problem in this country is so far worse than the gun problem in terms of taking the lives of people that it's actually double. And again, how can I trust my government keeping weapons out of the hands of criminals if I can't trust them by keeping drugs out of the hands of criminals that are selling them all over our streets? There's got to be a more logical argument to this. There's got to be a more logical discussion to this than just ban guns. Okay, you want to ban guns? Ban drugs. Oh, we did that already. That's right, and it's not working. So again, when you start talking about repealing the Second Amendment, God, I've seen people get rid of the Second Amendment. Really? Get rid of the Second Amendment. Not modify it. Not listen. It's 2016. We have a lot of really intelligent minds in this country. Can we come up with an amendment to the Second Amendment to make it more logical and reasonable in this modern day society. No, people are actually saying get rid of the Second Amendment. Well, let's get rid of all. Oh, I almost cursed and I'm trying to keep this language clean. Let's get rid of all Constitution. Let's get rid of all of the amendments. Let's get rid of all of them while we're at it. Let's get rid of free speech. Right? Because what the hell? I'm, I'm putting up a post. I don't want anyone to. I don't want your opinion. Well, then why we don't need free speech? We don't need free speech. We don't need guns. You know what? We don't need the right to remain silent. too. Let's get rid of that. Let's get rid of all of them while we're at it. Come on, man. That's not a logical argument. This is not a discussion. This is more of what we've seen all week long perpetuated by the media. It's more of this divide us into segments and argue. And this was about this week. I saw gay rights people being angry at, you know, other groups of people. We saw, you know, the the Muslims, you know, who's attacking the Muslims? Who's attacking Islam? Who's attacking gun owners? Who's attacking Republicans? Who's attacking them? Look at the facts, man. The FBI failed. The system of gun applications on three and five day wait period failed. This gun shop owner failed. He should have taken extra precaution like the other gun shop owner did. We have a circumstance here where there was somebody else in the same situation who acted more responsibly. And this guy's trying to say, listen, I was there on 9-11. God, I hate that. I hate that. Don't stop bringing up 9-11 crap saying I was there. I know how tough of a job this is and I feel really terrible. And this guy is just a crazy maniac and he happened to pick my store. Well, you know what? If he's a crazy maniac, what did he go crazy in the 10 days after he bought the gun from you? Come on, don't say it just so happened to be my store. We have to take more responsibility. I did a podcast earlier this week, and I said, where can we be more responsible? Why isn't this guy stepping up? Why? Because he doesn't want to be sued.
Great, great, great. 